You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Imagine if the Flames did what the Wild did yesterday. The whole show would be the intro with all the goals. <laughs> what do you got today? This the intro? 12-minute intro. Yeah, that's nice, it. Nice, sweet. Half a program. Short just go week. Go the Rose Report. Just chill. Love it. Multiple tricks. Mm. Crazy mm. stuff. Yeah. Oh, hi. It's Tuesday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Powered by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. MortgagesToGo.ca on the old internet. Um, Flames with a 6-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets yesterday. After they lost 5-0 to the Red Wings on Saturday. A pair of matinee games. Just a lot of goals in general in the National Hockey League. Yesterday, that wild 10-7 game in Minnesota between the aforementioned Wild and uh, Vancouver Canucks and the Flames doubling up a team that generally doesn't give up too many goals. The Winnipeg Jets last night, or yesterday, excuse me, 6-3. to three. Um, We're all over the Flames like a dirty shirt today. Eric Francis, the franchise, 7-30. Flames reporter columnist for Sportsnet. And then big show Flames analyst, the Cobra, the Solution Snake, Mr. Brent Cron in studio. Um, was yesterday a... I don't know if it was perfect. The vibes, uh, watching on television, the vibes seemed really good at the Dome yesterday. A lot of the kiddies out there for family day, nice matinee action. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that a lot of Flames fans have a, a lot of time for, a soft spot in their heart. He scores a natural hat trick, mm-hmm. and yet the Flames still win 6-3. to three. Was yesterday like the perfect game for a Calgary Flames fan? Plus, you had Oliver Shillington getting his first yes. his, uh, return, or you know, his first goal since his return back to the lineup. So you had that as kind of a, a good news story as well. There was a lot to like yesterday if you were a Flames fan, and I agree. The crowd looked like it was really enjoying that. Obviously, the Shillington goal was a... A great boost for the club, and then the Monaghan thing kind of comes with like a little bit of a bittersweet taste. It's his second career hat trick. You'd love to see it done basically in any other building against any other team. But right. sure enough, they get one more back before the end of the second or the end of the first. Change the momentum a little bit, and you know, Rick Bonus said that wasn't uh, that wasn't Jets hockey after the game. Sure, love that, but uh, got the win. Yeah, he says the, their worst five-on-five five effort of the season. Mm. Uh, timely for the Flames. Listen, if that's your worst five-on-five five effort, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I thought of uh, I thought of old uh, Grand Fear Hall of Fame goaltender mm-hmm. uh, for the Edmonton Oilers yesterday when it comes to Jacob Markstrom. Just don't give up the sixth goal. Yeah, we'll be yeah okay. right. <laughs> 80s hockey, baby. Just, don't give up the six. Yeah, Grant Fear would never give up the six. Boys, I so just the Oilers could win. Just need five tonight. Just need yeah. five. Okay. And that's what Markstrom did after uh he was pulled on Saturday and he was sour. Mm. Oh boy, he was sour on Saturday. Yeah. Us uh, to the Red Wings, uh slammed his stick. We haven't seen that much emotion out of Jacob Markstrom pretty much all season. And then after that, uh, again, some of those goals, you can't even fault them. The puck just bounces a weird way, falls on the stick of Sean Monaghan, not once, twice, but thrice. Mm-hmm. And boom, Bob's your uncle. Guy's got a natural hat trick against his old team. Not really Markstrom's fault. And then Markstrom subsequently shuts the door completely on the Jets, makes a few great saves. Boom, Flames win 6-3. to three. 
all of a sudden you get that, okay, here we are, here comes the slide, here comes the Calgary Flames just going to not be in playoff contention, just waiting to trade all these dudes. And what do they do? They beat the Jets yesterday. Yeah, keeping the race, right? Like, I know. I'm like, mm, things are, we'll see how things fall here. The Kings have now won three in a row. The Blues have been playing some really good hockey lately. And between the Blues and the Kings in the two wild card positions are the Predators, the Wild, the Kraken, and then your Calgary Flames, three points out of a playoff spot. Is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. But here's the thing. The rest of this month, or the rest of this next two and a half weeks, really, going to be tough for the guys in that room. There's going to be a lot swirling around. You know, that that Detroit game really felt like a, a lack of focus type of occasion for the team. Now they got it back on track against Winnipeg and had a really good outing. But as we get closer and closer to the deadline, there's going to be more and more chatter. There was a yeah. ton more yesterday during the uh, during the morning with the DFO rundown with Suravali and and 32 thoughts with Elliot and Merrick. They had a whole bunch more on the Flames yesterday. So listen, it's 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 not going to get quieter around this team as we get closer to the deadline and and ultimately the postseason. If they can keep their head above water over this next little stretch. That would be really impressive because as much as we talk about it outside and we talk about it a lot, you got to wonder how much the conversation is going on in that locker room or even if not in the locker room, at home, right? With your family, with your friends, talking about, hey, yeah, this guy's kind of in, this guy's kind of out, this is how we're feeling about it. That's, That's just how these things go. So fascinating stretch of hockey for the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it'll be uh, super interesting for the Calgary Flames. Um, Patrick, uh, the good morning. The uh, the Jets power play was really bad. It's been um, bad all they, year. Yeah, and then all of a sudden against the Flames, they were two for the last twenty five uh, heading to yesterday's game, and all of a sudden, bingo, bango, bongo, uh, they're scoring power play goals uh, at will. Your thoughts of your sort of team, not sort of team, uh, the Winnipeg Jets yesterday. Uh, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, they played like crap against Vancouver on Saturday and somehow won 4-2. Got off to a nice start yesterday and then just kind of kind of snowballed into what they've been playing like over the last month. I know they had won three straight coming into this, but overall that's been not a great looking group from my perspective. Uh, well, you're, you're, the numbers back it up. Over their last six, 1-4-1. Uh, 333 goals against, 828 save percentage, and a minus 11 goal differential in their last six games. Uh, the Jets have been stinky. And, um, Matty, you kind of touched on it. Just the standings this morning, it's it's a headache to look at. That second wild card in the West. Like, there's so many teams involved. Like, you just throw them, throw them all in a blender, throw it all in a dartboard, and essentially you'll pick out the second wild card team. Again, we we think the Kings are a playoff team, but who the hell knows, right? They have hit the skids. They hit the slide. They had that win Sunday against the Penguins on the road where they fought back in the third period and picked up that victory. But I, I don't know what the L.A. Kings are. Like, are they – they're probably a playoff team after they got off to that smoking hot start, especially – I think they're the, the best season. team of this group of six, and I don't think it's – They're having their coach bump, whether this can sustain itself for another right. run here. It feels like it feels like this team was like, okay, you fired Todd McClellan on us. On us, we have yeah, to go. We have to get. They're the going most here. talented team out of the six. Their goal differential is twenty five better than the Flames. Yeah, 
They're, or how much was that done early on when they were just making hay? True, like, but I bet this they're a minus a, over the last. But that team is a lot more like that team is in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's in oh, there it's somewhere. There. Uh, yeah. I think the big problem is Pierre Luc Dubois, if you want my honest opinion, but that's I think fine. He's been actually heating up late, actually. Well, good, because <laughs> if he's not, then he's awful and he destroys the entire room. But oh, you have 64 points here. This is a team who's won three in a row. Their goal differential is plus 20. The other groups that we're talking about, the Blues, minus 10. Preds, minus 12. Wild, minus 9. Kraken, minus 7. And then you have the Flames at minus 5. And, and really, that Red Wings loss is kind of what sewered them. They were actually a positive goal differential when we hit yep. the weekend. Um, so my point here is the Kings are the team that is head and shoulders above the rest of the group. They have hit a terrible slide that we haven't seen from a Kings team that has Doughty and Kopitar and... For a long time, it was Jonathan Quick there. We haven't seen a slide like this in quite some time. I think that group is go- is kind of righted the ship here. Like we like I mentioned, they've won three in a row. They they've got a four point gap on the Blues, a six point gap on the Predators and the Wild. I think that they're going to be able to hold on and get at least a wild card spot. I don't know if it's going to be the first or the second. It's probably going to be the first, but that's kind of the way I see it. They're only three points back of the Oilers. Right and. and- the Oilers still continuing uh, to pick up wins. They picked up a win yesterday at the Mullet uh, over the Coyotes. Flames, obviously, in Edmonton Saturday night as the Battle of Alberta is reignited um, on the road. Uh, yeah, you look at all these teams like Blues, Preds, Wild, Kraken. Like, the, the Blues have been playing well lately. Minnesota seemingly starting to wake up just a little bit. Um, that game was absolutely bananas yesterday uh, over the Canucks. Uh, the Kraken, I guess they're still around, but they're probably going to be a little bit of a seller too here. With the what? But we'll see. Yeah, I, I have no idea what they're going to do. There. I have no idea. They're, Jordan Eberle? Hey, Seattle, welcome to the mushy middle. Yeah. Alex Wenberg's another you guys, one. You guys are going to love it here. Sucks. Yeah. Man, talk about a trade deadline. Trade deadline season, whatever we're calling it. Alex Wenberg. Hey, times. That, that's an all-star. Yeah. Wait, um, was it him or Bjorkstrand? Back to Edmonton? It was him, right? Wenberg was the yeah. all-star. Yeah. Oh. Or was it Bjorkstrand? Well, no, it was, Bjork, it was Bjorkstrand, wasn't it? I don't think so. I think it was Wenberg. I think they kind of look alike, too. Same country. I don't know. They, they no, could it was be the Bjorkstrand. same guy, for all I know. It was Bjorkstrand? They literally yeah. could be the same guy. They're not. They're not. Um, Bjork, he was, Bjorkstrand had the trip George, planned. one's a winger and one's a center. Okay, like, but I thought Bjorkstrand had the trip. Yeah, he so, did. And then Haxtell's like, oh, you got yeah. anything? Uh, you he got was the plan? all-star. I yeah. said it was Wenberg. I was wrong. Yeah. I get them I confused. confused. I have even when they didn't play on the same team. <laughs> and then they go, both went to the Seattle, and I was like, great, <laughs> perfect. Well, anyway, Jordan Everly, probably going to get traded maybe. Mm. He's got a tough no trade, too. Yeah. Half the team, or half the league's on his no trade. Uh, and, the, and the Predators right there, I just, it's... Are they going to trade UC Soros? That seems like a summer deal, but who knows? Uh, and the Flames going to trade Jacob Markstrom because then all of a sudden are they still in the race? It's like Markstrom so or Soros to L.A. Ma- yeah. in the summertime. Or yeah. Jersey. Or Jersey. Or Jersey. Um, again, Markstrom was a little sour when asked about the uh, speculation. Of course. That's what I mean. Saturday. These next two and a half weeks is going to be very difficult for everybody in that room. You're going to be the most talked about team in the NHL. And it's not close. Yeah. Um, real quick too. I thought Anderson was great yesterday. 
uh, for the Flames. And there's another reason why everyone's all about tank, tank, tank. Man, Huberto and Kadri were great yesterday. They're not going anywhere. Um, they powered the Flames to that big win yesterday. Kadri was great. He's been good uh, the last mm-hmm. few weeks here. Uh, but Anderson was really good too. I didn't even notice Hannafin yesterday. Like, did you even notice him yesterday? Uh, he was in my notes a little bit as I was looking over him today a little bit, but analytically had a nice game. Yeah, like he's had one of those games where he's been quiet, but he doesn't do a whole lot. He had a couple of nice plays off the point. A Coleman deflection wouldn't go. That was back in the first period there. He wasn't on the first power play. They've gone back to Uyghur on the first unit, which also tells me that um, Hannafin's value is probably set wherever he's going to end up. I don't think I wrote anything about him in the second period here. Yeah, it was a quiet night for uh, number 55, him and uh, Chris Tanev. But when you talk about what the work they were doing at 5-on-5 five five and the Jets just being very subdued Mm -hmm. that's the type of game that you get out of Noah Hannafin I think this is just kind of part of the rest of the game that he's had that's kind of continued to grow out in the last couple of years where defensively it's just not the same boneheaded mistakes that were kind of we had seen in in prior years so yesterday uh, a solid performance from him didn't notice him too much but that's okay for a guy off the back end uh, that pass Anderson gave Huberto, where he kind of froze Hellebuck for a split second mm-hmm. and slid it to him, was a thing of beauty. What's he doing right up there. in the rush? Who cares? Great play. Yeah, he he was good last night. He's he's trying to up his value because that's the name. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants yeah, him. Yeah. Everyone, well, about. everyone wants number four. Why wouldn't you? Guys get three years of term and might be the next captain of this team. But yeah, come get yeah, him, guys, he, by all means. He's the guy that would I would be stunned if they traded him. Yeah, of course. Stunned. You need someone to play on this team. Right. Like, And that's the thing, too, right? Like, everybody's like, trade everybody. Well, you, you can't. You got to feel the roster. Yeah, the reason that the rebuilds go for so long is because you strip it too far down, and then the team's not good to win more than 15 games, and then you have a culture of losing that surrounds the roster from now until forever. That's extremely hard to get through. And then what you do is you end up overspending on free agents, like, I don't know, like a $5 million for five years on a goaltender that's definitely not worth it. And all of a sudden, your your salary cap's soared. you got to start making all these other types of moves to try and get around it and build a team that can actually compete for the playoffs. Then you get veterans in to play 10 games. So now they're going to cost you three and a quarter million dollars against the cap next year. Wait, hold on. Never mind. Sorry, I went on a tangent there. What were you saying? Yeah, you, you kind of lost me there. Well, who's that five-year five mil? What? What did I get down? Sorry, I don't know how that happened. That was weird. That was my bad. I blacked out. Oh, God, I just hate Jack Campbell so much. (laughs) (laughs) Patty got it. There it is. (laughs) That's how you debate. So, um, yeah, Flames with a big win. 6-3, lost 5-0 to the Red Wings. Off until Thursday uh, when the Boston Bruins come to town so a tough stretch coming up here for the flames uh thursday at home against boston and then saturday in edmonton to play the oilers so a uh, should be a fun couple games uh, a trade can happen any minute like we have mm. no idea like like it could literally happen during our show like and we literally could have it, no idea yeah that's a good point like, sources yeah, we, few far between yeah 
Like, again, and what have we heard? If the Flames are able to fetch a first-round pick for Tanev, mm-hmm. the deal gets done immediately. Mm-hmm. So I I anticipate them getting a first-round pick for him. I really do. I, th- I think he, I think the Flames can fetch a first-round pick. I think teams might get desperate here and potentially part with it. No, nobody really thought the, the Habs were going to get a first for Monaghan until that momentum started to build. And, and once Lindholm got dealt, it was like, oh, okay, I guess we really do need to address our center ice position. Boom, first-round pick for Sean Monaghan. And especially if maybe if Hannafin goes first or another team is desperate to add a top-four defenseman, I I would be surprised at this point, Maddie, that they don't get a first for Chris Tanev. Well, here's the thing. The, this is a market that is is expanding more and more every day. One of the things, and, and listen, we got a ton of audio. I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot of room for it in the morning report, but we got a whole bunch of places that we can try and jam it in. But Frank talked about it on the DFO rundown yesterday. The the, the list of... we do that at seven? Sure. The list of uh, suitors for one Chris Tanev is much longer than the list of suitors for Noah Hannafin. A, because I think a lot of teams look at Chris Tanev and say, this is a guy who would play in Canada, so you have that. Um, the extension, I think, is a lot less of a worry if you're a team that's acquiring a Chris Tanev because you understand that he's a veteran. The asset cost isn't going to be the same, so I think that there's a little bit more of um, a, a desire to see him as a rental, whereas a lot of other teams that want to acquire Noah Hannafin would want him with an extension. He's a younger player. He's got a lot of um, area for term left if you wanted to sign him. Uh, and I think he's a very good player at a, at a cap hit that what he's asking for is pretty reasonable. The only problem is how many teams are going to be able to fit him in A, this season, B, next season, and beyond. And do you want to give up that asset cost if you're not going to be able to sign him? Especially if it sounds like he already might have an idea of where he wants to sign in the offseason. Is that kind of might be coming to light as well. So, long story short, Chris Tanev is going to have a lot more suitors than a Noah Hannafin right now. Just the way that he plays, he's going to fit into any blue line on your second pair, on your third pair, on your top PK pair. That's where he's going to go, and that's how he's going to try and win you games. He's not going to get you offense. He's going to chip in with a couple of points here and there, maybe a nice secondary assist on a breakout pass in the postseason. Sure, why not? But this is a guy who's going to come in, and he's going to battle for you, and he's going to battle through injuries, and that's why you should acquire him now sooner than later. And this is a guy that any team that's going to the postseason would want and can fit at you know, what's he going to get? Two and a quarter if you retain half the salary? I think he's at four and a half. I just have to double check. I should know that off the top of my head. But four and a half. Yeah, I knew that. Don't second guess yourself, kid. Two and a quarter. If you can get him in for that cost, I think you're really happy. Again, we now we wait with bated breath for the next two and a bit weeks here as trade trade day. Trade time. Hockey. Hockey Central Trading Spaces Day. Mm. It's, it's Friday, um, Friday the eighth. Wife swap. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, that was like the OG, um, the OG reality show, like trading yeah. spaces. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, like, oh, the uh, how are you gonna decorate it? I used to watch some uh, shows on the Paramount Network, like Bar Rescue and stuff like that. And uh, they just constantly propensity to throw food at guests. Did you know that? Yeah. And they have ads that are just for their other shows. That's they don't really have ads for anything. That's not other shows that they have. And and that was a popular one. The the wife swap, the family swap type of program back in the day. 
You can even go further. What not to wear was was a yep. popular one on mm-hmm. TLC. On trading spaces, mm-hmm. and then TLCs just completely turned into. Just that was actually called the Learning Channel before. Well, it still is the Learning Channel. It's like, oh, it's about you know smart. And then they just turned into trash television. I don't know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> like you tune into TLC. Oh, you want to learn about dolphins? All right. Oh, sure. Turn into TLC, and now all of a sudden it's about like, you know, uh, ninety day fiance and gross pimple popping. And like my big fat gypsy American wedding, mm-hmm. like I don't know, like it's all these other shows, and you're like, what happened to documentaries about dolphins? I like when they used to do the the tattoo one where you have to fix up the terrible tattoo. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. or or that's tattoo nightmares on Paramount. I don't know, whatever. Mm. Um, all right, uh, you got a ton to do in the Rose Report, so let's let's take a break. Let's get to the Rose Report. Um, Let's recap, and let's play some of that audio coming up at 7 o'clock from Elliot and Frank about uh, all the trade speculation swirling, swirling around the Calgary Flames. All right, it's the big show. It's George, it's Matt, it's Patrick, it's GVP, it's Sportsnet 960, the fan. The big show is powered by MortgagesToGo.ca, always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. At 7.30, Eric Francis, Sportsnet Flames columnist, reporter, and the Chronolist will join us at 8 o'clock. The Solution Snake, the Cobra, courtesy of All Kind Door Services, at 8 o'clock. Busy weekend, long weekend, to get you completely up to date on what transpired over this past weekend and yesterday. It's time for the Rose Report, and it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose. And- Hello, friends. Welcome aboard. Brand new week. Short week, too. You gotta love the holiday Monday. Got lots to get to. Flames and Jets from yesterday. Part of a 10-game slate on the holiday Monday with another eight going tonight. First full squad workouts in the MLB. Also get you updates from all the local squads from the weekend that was. We got lots of stuff. Start with your Calgary Flames. Flames and Jets battling the Dome yesterday, a family day matinee. Needed some good vibes in the Dome after what happened Saturday afternoon. Flames fans are not happy as we head into the final 10 seconds of the hockey game. Red Wings play the puck down the ice. And the final few seconds will come off the clock here at Scotiabank Saddle Dome, where James Reimer posts a 38-save shutout, his second of the season and the 30th of his NHL career. The Flames shut out for the second time in three games and for the third time this season as they fall by a final score of five to nothing. Yeah, that was pretty ugly, George, back on uh, Saturday leading into Monday's game. Uh, James Reimer with that incredible glove save on Kuzmenko Mm. there in the third period, first period. Mm. Um, is Optimus Rhyme one of the worst nicknames in hockey for James Reimer? Uh, I kind of like it, being a bit okay. of a nerd myself. Of course. Except, Patrick? like, I think it would be better if he was, like, a significantly better netminder, but... Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of, of the nickname, no. 
I mean, it's it's better than rhymy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> okay. The rhyme dog. Bit yeah, of a shuffled um, line. Yeah, what? Go ahead. Just real quick on, on that game, mm-hmm. too, because it, it feels like forever ago now that the Flames played that game against the Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, first time we saw angry Jacob Marshall this season, that's something we've talked about. Like, not happy after getting pulled. Obviously, guys, a super competitor. Was asked about it after the game. Uh, was curt with the media a little bit, too. Uh, but that's what you kind of like out of the guy that's been the Flames, un- undoubtedly the Flames' best player this season. It's just uh, I thought he was very emotional, especially when that that second goal went in and he just kind of shot his, just flipped his neck up looking to the sky like, oh, man, that was a bad goal that he was out of position for. It's just it was kind of weird seeing him as, as heated and angry as he was on Saturday, but that's a testament to him on what kind of competitor he is. Right back to work Monday for Markstrom. He got the start between the pipes. Bit of a shuffle to the lines out of the gate as well. Andre Kuzmenko down with Nazem Kadri and Martin Pospisil as they're trying to find some way to jumpstart Kuzmenko. Sharon Govich and Huberto on the wings of Sari, although that didn't last past the first period. We'll get to that in just a little bit. First off, great start for the Flames, especially for... Uh, Someone that everybody's cheering for. Here comes Shillington in with a backhand. He scores! Oliver Shillington beats Connor Hellebach and scores his first goal and picks up his first point of the season. Yeah, Neil Pionk's had a pretty good year for Winnipeg. There he's doing his best pile-on impression. Now, not necessarily his fault. Kind of a rough change by the blue line. He's caught flat-footed coming off the bench. But nevertheless, Shillington walks by him. A nifty little backhand. His first goal... In over two years, George. Man, did you see the smile on his face? Yes, I did. That goal. And he and he did the little kissed his glove and did the point upstairs move and uh, you just you gotta love to see it. And that's something that if if you're a Flames fan, like the speed he shows, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I'm I'm seeing him a lot closer for the first time, and just his skating ability is just so damn good. And you're right, how he just split the D and just came in on goal. You just, I, you just kind of w- wish you'd see just a little bit more from him rushing the puck up because I think once he has that confidence, look out. Well, he's been back for what a dozen games. Like, yeah, give him a second. Guy's yep. starting to feel it right now. Uh, now, right after that, former Flame Sean Monahan returning for his first time as a member of the Winnipeg Jets and. Had himself uh, quite the 10-minute span. Who's at far side? Here's Shifley. In tight. Velarde centers. Connor with a one-timer. They score. Kyle Connor took the shot, but Sean Monahan buried the rebound. Turns the puck to DiBallo, who shoots. Perfetti the tip. Marks from the save. Rebound. They score. Sean Monahan again. High slot to Morrissey. Near side to Connor with a shot stop. Rebound. Monahan scores. Unbelievable. Sean Monahan completes a first period hat trick. Hmm. How about that, eh? First period Hattie for the hat former trick. Flame. Natural hat trick. And uh, just yeah. like that, 3-1. Couple of those power play goals as well. Really didn't like the penalty that Anderson took to really start this whole landslide, George. Um, what have you made of the penalty kill since uh, Elias Lindholm's departure? I think it's kind of been exactly what I expected. Not as good. I don't know if there's a whole lot more than that. Backlund nope. and Lindholm were the one of the best duos we had seen in the NHL, for my money, in, in quite a few years, not only in the killing aspect, but as far as creating offense as well. 
And when you take those guys off, who typically would be out there for like a minute 15 on every single kill, yeah, you're you're going to you're going to struggle, especially when you're replacing your top killer with Kevin Rooney, who has done a good job, but this is right. another guy who has only played what a dozen games this season, still trying to get up to speed and now you're asking him to face some of the most fearsome power play units in the NHL. It's a tall order and um, just hasn't been the same. Uh, the hats uh, went out of the ice mm-hmm. at the Dome uh, with the Monaghan hat trick. We saw it uh, earlier this season. You and I were there when Austin Matthews mm. scored the hat trick, and the hats uh, rained down on the Dome ice. Um, I want to know. His 12? Sorry. Yeah, like, ridiculous. Uh, I want to know uh, where those hats end up because I think I know, I know in Toronto they wash them and then they send them to a shelter. What do they do with the hats they throw on the ice here? I'll fire off a text and see if I can find out for you. I, I don't know. Does that interest you? It kind of interests me. I think that it's going to be exactly that. I just don't know for sure. Okay. Uh, Flames got an important one before the end of the period. Float the puck into the near corner. Back and we'll catch up to it. Moves it behind the net. Majapani centers. Coleman scores! On a perfect pass from Andrew Majapati, Blake Coleman slaps the puck past Connor Hellebuck. Key one, George, ahead of the intermission. Yeah, ties his uh, career high in goals, and he's kind of slowed down just a little bit, and that's something we've talked about, but that was a nice play, and that, that goal just felt like a big momentum swing for the Calgary Flames after that the shocking natural hat trick by Sean Monaghan. Flames got a power play after that. Uh, Velarde hooking, but no goals. Hannafin did have a nice chance after, but we head to the intermission with the game 3-2 in favor of the Winnipeg Jets. Lines kind of back to their original to start the second period. Um, the back one line stayed the same. The Caudry line was back with Zari and Pospisil. Dryden Hunt got boosted to play with Sharon Govich and Jonathan yeah. Huberdeau while Andre Kuzmenko was down with Kevin Rooney. And Walker Dewar, I thought he had a couple of decent shifts where he was moving his legs, but he also lost a bad board battle to Nate Schmidt. And, like, come on, you can't lose that board battle. It's Nate Schmidt. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Just on Kuzmenko real quick. Mm. Again, um, he wasn't buying in in Vancouver, right? He wasn't buying what Rick Tockett was selling. And eventually they're like, yeah, this guy's got to go, especially because he sat in the press box for, like, five games being a healthy scratch. He has one year left on his NHL deal. Do you think he'll he'll re-sign in the NHL, or he's destined to go play in the KHL? He scored 39. I think someone's going to give him another chance. I'm saying, do you think he's destined to sign in the NHL? Yeah, that's what I said. He scored okay. 39. I think someone will give him another chance. All right. It's hard to score 39 in this league. No, I get it, but you think he might want to go play in the KHL? That's but, well, I don't know. Maybe I, a little more money I don't, there. I don't know what his home. relationship is with Russia. You never know. So right. I don't know a whole lot of guys who are eager to go back overseas right now, especially. Okay. Uh, okay, into the second period. Flames in the power play. Turns the puck to Huberto. Back it up to the blue line to Weger, who shoots and scores! <laughs> Mackenzie Weger took the shot, and Nazem Kadri tipped the puck past Connor Hellebach. His 18th, five minutes into the second, that would tie the game. Yeah. And uh, they kept playing pretty well for the rest of the period. Markstrom had a nice save on Perfetti off the rush. Uh, the fourth line actually created a pretty solid shift, forced an icing by Winnipeg, and the Flames had a chance by Anderson after that. And then a little bit later on in the frame, 
the Flames would get the lead. Send it out to center ahead to Sharon Govich. It crosses the Jets line and tries to center. It does. Anderson to Huberto. He scores! On a broken play, Jonathan Huberto rips the puck right into the roof of the Jets net. Yeah, a little how'd you do with the head fake as well. Just like that, Flames led 4-3. I thought Huberto was good yesterday. I thought Real he was good. really good. He yesterday. was a bit of a rat, too. He had multiple plays that I was surprised uh, did not get called. There was the reverse hit on Velarde that Velarde really didn't like. There was a bit of a knee down behind the net at one point that I was surprised didn't get called. But I will say that game yesterday kind of officiated like a playoff game. There was multiple times where I thought, oh, we're not going to call that, and it went both ways, and I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, and even that that Tanev trip, yeah, that he took too. He was going uh, for the well, puck, yeah, and his they, leg got kind of tied up. And they're gonna call. I get it. They're gonna call it every time. But that's why uh, Tanev was so distraught, uh, so miffed over the the penalty because he's like essentially like he was going for the puck to try to get it out of his own end. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like uh, the refs didn't really decide too much in that game yesterday. Uh, real quick, um, the Huberto goal was beautiful. Um, the Kadri goal off that shot from the Muffin Man himself. So do you think that Hellebuck overplayed that shot way too much and it came in at such a slow pace that Kadri was able to bang it? <laughs> no, I think it was okay. a laser, George. I think right. it was uh, a straight... He's racking up the points. Just a bomb. The boys like to call me the Muffin Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. All right. Flames led after 40 minutes of play. Uh, into the third, you know that we wouldn't be able to get out of here without Markstrom having to make a couple of stops. The others will come the other way. He crosses the Flames line. Zigzags in and plays it near side. Perfetti with a shot fought off by Markstrom. Perfetti gets it back in the near corner and slides to the top of the far circle. Sandberg dealers with a shot and a good glove save by Markstrom. Nice stop. Big save. Got a you TV know, he, timeout. Yeah. Like... This is something we're going to talk to Croner uh, about coming mm-hmm. up at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But, man, did he battle yesterday? Like, after those three goals, he's like, that's it. Shut it down. Uh, I'm going to yeah, zero not again. not let anything else in. Not again. We're not doing Saturday again. Nope. I hated that. We're not doing that again. And then a little bit later on, Tanev, you mentioned it, the tripping play on DeMello. Uh, I didn't love it. I don't know why no. DeMello was going for the puck. And I don't know why DeMello's backing into the middle of the ice from exactly. that spot. But then again, it's the defenseman down on the wing. He's probably not too sure what he's doing down there himself. Anyways, the Flames would get a really strong kill. And moments later, the Flames are back to full strength. And here comes Kadri. Kadri cuts in. Kadri. Dimashapati. He scores. Wow. What a play by Nazem Kadri to set up. Andrew Majapani, who rifles the puck past Carter Hellebach. Yeah, 91, had himself a game. A couple of goals and assists, ended up with three points, paced the club. That one particularly tidy. Makes a really nice play in the defensive zone, leads the rush, a couple nice moves. Majapani's found just like a smidgen of space between him and Morrissey. And Kadri puts it in the wheelhouse, that thing right under the bar. See you later. Flames get an empty netter as well. A uh, little uh, punt play. Caudry right underneath it, so he gets the goal. His second of the game, and as I mentioned, three points. Five unanswered for the Flames. They win it 6-3. to three. Andrew Mangiapane, Jonathan Huberto, Rasmus Anderson, two points each. Jacob Markstrom stopped 28 of 31. That's what Ryan Huska had to say after the game. It's, it can be hard sometimes when you're not having success, um, and it starts getting piled on a little bit. Um, but 
right from the beginning of the year, this team always has kind of stuck with it. So I think when you look at this game, the save that Jacob made um, could have made it 4-1 at that situation, and that's probably game over. Um, you know, and then sticking with it and finding a way to score that goal at kind of the end of the end of the first period. And then from that point, I thought we managed it fairly well. So they have a good power play. And um, when we needed to, we came up with a really big kill at the end of the game. Uh, I love the quote he said, sometimes you got to hate your opponents. A little hate's not the worst thing. Not the worst. Like Kelly like said that. he hated everyone he played against. Love that. Yeah, I, Kelly, 17 years, I hated everybody. <laughs> and then 10 seconds. Yeah, because Kelly seems like that guy. That, Kelly was out there slashing guys, you know, talking junk the whole said time. That, I was like, man, if Kelly Rudy can flip a switch, I don't know if I want to yeah. see that. I don't know if well, I want to yeah. see that, man. I kind of like the but, Kelly Rudy we have now. And again, the, the culture around the Flames has completely changed since last year. There's mm -hmm. no question about that. Mm -hmm. But you wish the team, again, Pospisil is the guy you look for for the edge mm -hmm. on the team. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I like what, what Huska said, especially after that, that loss to San Jose was a really bad one, Yep, especially fresh off a great road trip. And I think that was just festering from the loss to the Sharks, that bad loss to the Red Wings Saturday afternoon. And it's like, yeah, hate a little bit. Like, get, get angry here. And then we saw that yesterday against the Jets. And especially, you know, I think it came from Jacob Marstrom, too. Dude was upset that he gave up the three goals. He locked mm -hmm. it down. There was a little hate in Jacob Marshall's game. Wrap up a four-game homestand Thursday. The Bruins come to town. Second meeting this season. Flames stole a win coming out of the break in Boston. I shouldn't say stole. They earned that win. Then they'll play the Oilers Saturday. Tough week for the group as a whole, especially with all the trade rumors continuing to swirl. And the team three points out of a playoff spot. We'll have some rumor roundup for you coming up in about 15 minutes here. On the show. Other games yesterday, boy, was it a busy day. The Oilers and Coyotes battling down at the mullet. Coyotes scored twice in the second to take a 3-2 lead, but the Oilers stormed back. To McDavid. Pass to the middle. It'll get to Nugent Hopkins. Has to take it to the right wing, to the blue line. Bouchard over to Akholmo. Shoot! Scores! Tipped in front of the net by Zach Hyman. That thing was going wide until Hyman tipped it. And the Oilers have a 4-3 lead. Yeah, they storm back. 33rd for Hyman. That's your game winner. Evander Kane scored twice in the third. The Oilers won it 6-3. How about this, George? They shuffled the lines after the second period. And believe it or not, the shuffle was McDavid and Dreisaitl getting separated. They had started what? the first 40 on a line with Corey Perry. They get separated back to the lines they've been rolling with recently. And sure enough, they rattle off four goals. They come from behind and win. Corey Perry finished as the only Oiler who was a minus. He was dash two. Three points each for Bouchard and Dreisaitl. And the Oilers are three points back of the Knights for second in the Pacific. I'm going to make a prediction. Uh-oh. I'm going to say those two play together again at some point this season. What? You, Man, you just... I'm just so proud of the way you put yourself out there with some of these takes. You, you can... You can roll on that. Yeah? Throw it in my face if I'm wrong. Sounds good. Canucks and Wild, pretty standard first period. The Canucks led 2-1 despite outshooting the Wild 8-4. JT Miller had one of those goals and then had himself a second period to build on it. Miller working at the right circle of the Wild's end. He takes a shot. It's off the post and in. JT Miller second of the night. Too far out of the reach of Matt Zuccarello. It's going to be two on two. Besser and Miller. Miller skating down the right wing. Scores! JT Miller, the hat trick goal coming down the right side. 5 2 Canucks. 
So he gets a hat trick in the second period, but then the Canucks got into penalty trouble. Zuccarello scored on a five on three late in the second, and the five on three carried over just more penalties for the Wild. Joel Eriksson X scored, then Kirill Kaprizov tied it, and then coming up shortly. Eriksson X scores! It's a hat trick for Eriksson X! Zuccarello set him up! The hats come streaming down in the Wild with another power play goal and a 6 5 lead! <laughs> And the color guy can't stop chuckling to himself, just giggling away. Second hat trick in the game that gave the Wild the lead, a four-game goal streak for Joel Eriksson-Eck as he completes his hat trick. Rossi and Kaprizov scored 26 seconds apart from each other later on, so five goals in the first five minutes and 12 seconds of period number three, plus a couple of empty netters. The Canucks would score twice, but the Wild would win it 10-7. It's a franchise record for goals in a game for the Wild franchise. Shocker. Kaprizov, a hat-trick into the empty net, so three hat-tricks in the game. Joel Eriksson and Kirill Kaprizov both finished with six points, George. Did you see um, three hat-tricks in a game? Uh, it is the um, like seventh time in NHL history. It's actually happened eighth time in NHL history. Um, the last time it's happened, um, November 8th, 1992, Kings and Sharks. In a game that Wayne Gretzky did not play in for whatever reason. But Get yeah, out of here, really? three other players had hat tricks in that game. Yes. Now, um, the, the NHL record is the uh, Canadians at Bulldogs on March 3rd, 1920. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was when the Montreal Canadiens pummeled the Quebec Bulldogs 16-3. to Uh-huh. Setting an all-time record by goals for one team, Georges Vesna came in third in the league in goals against. His his goals against was 4.66 per game. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want me to tell you the goal scores from that day? Yeah, hit me. Let's go. Rattle them. I'm, I'm, I'm loading it up here. Oh, yeah. no. Like, come on, hockey reference. Oh. Come on, here we go. Okay. Uh, 16 to 3, uh-huh. the Quebec Athletic Club Bulldogs. Okay. So, uh, Dieter Petre scored. Uh-huh. Odie Cleghorn uh-huh. from Newsy Lalonde. Yeah, of course. Dieter Petre again. Yeah, Petri. L- lovely some Pete's. Scored again. Then Newsy Lalonde scored. Newsy's having himself a tilt. Yeah. Harry Cameron, Thomas uh-huh. McCarthy, uh-huh. Newsy Lalonde. Newsy. Odie Cleghorn. Yeah. Amos Arbor. Foghorn, Newsy again. Foghorn Cleghorn. Harry Cameron. Newsy Lalonde, Harry McMurray, no, Harry Mummery. Okay. That, that, okay. We, I think we get the point here. Crazy Newsy game. He had himself a day, boy. Mm-hmm. Boy. Uh, I got some more four, oh, wild names from assist. the 20s if you want to get to that in a second here. Okay. All right, let's get to the Leafs and Blues. Matthew scored his league leading 49th on the power play. They give the Leafs a 2-1 lead early in the third, early in the third period. 49 goals in 54 games. My goodness. It's pretty good. Game winner came shortly after. Pavel Buchnevich, top of the... That's too loud. Give me one second here. Let me just do this real quick. Pavel Buchnevich, top of the circle, runs into traffic. Nylander has broken it up. And now Nylander breaking. Right wing side, partial breakaway. Shooting. Scores! (laughs) Wee Willie on a shorthanded rush. He took a look over at Pontus Holmberg and said... You know what? I got more goals than you do. I'll try it. And he did. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he did. Do you think he said all that while he was going down the ice? Probably. Hey, you know what? You know I what? got Pontus. more goals than you do. I'll try it. And he did. Ah, Joe Bowen. 3-1. What do you think? 
after that 4-2 final score. Bobby McMahon scored an empty net. Guy can't stop scoring right now. Uh, Pontus Holmberg. Do they think they call him homie on the team? Ponty? Oh, man. It's got to be homie, though. Holmer? Homer. Holmes. <laughs> Bergs. Bergy. Berger. Yeah. Mm. Senators and Lightning. Kucherov loses to the Senators in his 700th game. He was dashed two in 22-plus minutes of ice time as the Senators won 4-2. Matthew Joseph scored twice. Okotoks Oilers alumni Jacob Bernard Docker got into a scrap with Michael Isimon, if you want to go and watch that. Fine little tilt. Uh, Knights and Sharks has ended up exactly how you expected, but it did have a fun story. George, have you ever heard of Mason Morelli? Uh, no. No, you shouldn't. He's... 28 years old, six foot one, left shot, left wing, North Dakota's own, undrafted. He made his NHL debut with Vegas yesterday. Knights win the draw. Martinez to the right, Petrangelo to the middle. Morelli scores! Quick stick for Mason Morelli. A goal in his NHL debut. The Knights take a 3-0 lead. Mason Morelli, a power play goal. Yeah, how about that? 28 Not years. Bad. Scoring in his NHL debut, actually had two points. Started out with the Stockton Heat and Kansas City Mavericks in the Flames organization after playing in the NCAA. Went to Hershey, won a Calder Cup. Set a solid season with Henderson, and there he gets the goal as a 28-year-old. Had an assist as well. The Knights win 4-0. They have a 15-game road point streak in San Jose, dating back to February 8th of 2018. That's six no years with getting at least a point in every trip to San Jose. Well, no Thomas Hurdle, no Logan Couture. And again, being the team that scores the fewest goals and then allows the most is not a recipe for success. Stars and Bruins, a little bit of everything. Both teams scored in the first period. Marshawn fought Hanley. Both teams scored in the second as well, 28 seconds apart. Justin Brazeau scored in his NHL debut. Former North Bay Battalion captain, George. How about that? Ooh. 26 right. years old. He is the seventh oldest player to score a first goal with the Bruins franchise. This is quite a list. You got Bernie Morris. He was 34 when he got his first in 1925. You got Smokey Harris, who's 34 in 1924. Yeah. Yep. Percy Galbraith, who was 27 in 1926. Old George Owen, 27 in 1929. Dimitri... Kvartalnov, 26 in 1992. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Gino Rossini, that was in 1944. And then, of course, Brazil. Nine-round shootout in this one. Boston won 4-3. Maybe a Stanley Cup preview. Who knows? Red Wings in Kraken. Uh, Evander, <laughs> Evander King. Patrick Kane recorded his 800th assist. Only one other active player has as many. That is Sidney Crosby. He has 976. Patrick Kane becomes the third U.S.-born player in NHL history with 800 assists. Do you know the other two? Uh, hold on. Uh, one's got to be Mike Medano. Correct. He has 813. Good job. The other player uh, has more. Phil Housley? Yes. 894. Boom. Great job. Good start. Jane Schwartz scored in a third, sent it to overtime to get Seattle a point, but Ben Schrott's overtime winner sees that one final. Uh, Ducks beat the Sabres as well. Mason McTavish had three points, and Connor Bedard had three points, but his Blackhawk lost to the Hurricanes by a 6-3 to three score. Really busy night tonight. Panthers host the Senators at five. The Cats won five in a row. They're 9-1 in their last ten. They're a point back of Boston in the Atlantic. 
Senators on the second half of a back-to-back after they beat Tampa yesterday. The Jets host the Wild. Minnesota coming off that wild win at home. Jets return home after they blew their lead here yesterday. That's at six. Canucks head to Colorado. They battle the Avalanche. Vancouver also trying to rebound from yesterday's game. That'll go at seven. At five on Sportsnet West, Penguins host the Islanders. Similar deal for the Capitals and the Devils. That's four teams all trying to fight for the playoffs, but probably out more than they are in. Predators and Golden Knights go at 8. That's on Sportsnet West. Blue Jackets and Kings at 8.30. LA's won three in a row all of a sudden, and the Rangers look for an eighth straight win. They welcome the Stars, who are on a tough back-to-back after losing to Boston yesterday. Let's- uh, real quick, yep. uh, saw some of that uh, Kings and Penguins game mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday. The Yager retirement new- game? Yeah, I had an interest in it mm-hmm. uh, from, a, from a, a betting A vested interest, yes. Yes. Um they played Matthew Phillips a lot. Oh, he got picked up on waivers? Yeah. By who? The Penguins? Yeah. Wow, good for him. He was playing on their second power play. Oh, yeah, that's probably where he belongs. Play 11 minutes. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I would expect. Fourth line and second power play? Hell yeah. Yep. He was a minus one. Wow. Well, that's also not overly shocking. Uh, okay. From baseball, full workouts officially start today. Uh, you know, just, just didn't, you know, keep... Uh, Keep going, you know, just um I'm excited for more Kevin Gossman press conferences. Hey, how's the Jays high boys? How are we feeling? Patrick? Feeling alright. Okay, George. Playoff team? Yeah, they're a playoff team. GVP? Yeah, bring on ball season, man. Yeah, okay. Hyunjin Ryu signed. Full workouts officially start today. So that's exciting. Yeah. And uh, Justin Turner talked about how many free agents there are and how that's a black eye on baseball, but we're just getting closer. Closer and closer and closer. Yesterday, uh, someone close to me put a $10 bet on Alec Manoa to win the Cy Young. Pays out over a grand. No, all right. 100 to 1, yeah. Why not? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Maybe maybe he has a big bounce back season. Who knows? Not bad. Good value on that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The one thing I love about doing this show with you guys and in this market is we don't really have to talk much about spring training baseball. No. Because if there's one thing I detest in sports, mm-hmm. it's spring training baseball. I no, hate it so much. Nothing good can happen from the start of spring training to opening day. It's like after 2 a.m.? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, oh, he's really raking in spring training. And then all of a sudden oh. the season comes, he can't hit anything. You know who's probably going to have a monster on spring? Spring heads or something. Who? Yeah. Uh, Dalton Varsho is probably going to have a monster spring. Oh, yeah, he's probably going to have like eight home runs this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bat 350. Hey, Pat, you Book sent, it. Pat, you sent me a great video of the NBA oh, All-Star yeah, this Challenge. Was a sum up. Yeah, that was that was a sum up of the weekend. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but what did you think of the festivities, Patrick? It was horrendous. Okay, good. It was good. a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, these players didn't even try. Like, Scotty Barnes out here <laughs> looking like an idiot, throwing things behind his, his back. Anthony Edwards using a, his left hand to shoot a three. Yeah. The dunk contest. Like, what is Jalen Brown doing jumping over a, a legit, like, what, three-foot-five person? I think he's actually, like, 5'1". Okay, but he sat down in a chair. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Daryl Hillman, one of the judges, like, he hated Mac McClung so much. Yeah. Like, why? Mac McClung was the best dunker there. I don't know. Um, the, the whole thing needs to be scrapped, or you need to put more money for these guys, because... This was the one All-Star game where you thought, yeah, they still kind of tried. They did not try on Saturday. And then the game on Sunday. Holy crap, that was horrendous. You, There's nothing worse than having open three-pointers, and then you just clang them off the rim. Luka Doncic. 
Okay, Luca, you need, if you haven't seen the NBA All-Star game, my brother and I watched it. Luka Doncic and his attitude was incredible. He, Him and Jokic were just yucking it up Ugh. the whole time. Like, whatever prop it is next year on Luka Doncic, just take him under. He does not care. He doesn't even run. <laughs> like, he wasn't even running. <laughs> Like, and then there was the time where he tried to he tried to dunk it to himself. He passed it off the backboard to catch it and dunk it. And then the rim denied him because yeah. he couldn't <laughs> jump high enough. <laughs> He's like, oh. Like, it's the best. The shot he just randomly fired from half court. Yep. Like he's just, yep. and then he's he's like tweeting about it how terrible he was at the halftime. Like it's, it was it, again tough watch. Uh, good for Halliburton drilling threes all over the place at the beginning, and then Dame's pretending like it's Game Seven of the NBA <laughs> Finals, shooting from half court, drilling all these threes, winning the MVP. But if you can go back, just quickly scroll. I wish they just had a Luca cam. Oh, or yeah. you can just watch his play. Oh, that was effort. Also, uh, Volkanovski got knocked out in UFC 298 on the weekend. So didn't even uh, make it two through two rounds. A new title. Hey, GVP, how'd that go for your line? No good. No good. I, I, I had that fight to go the distance, and obviously, it did not. It was yeah, super I, surprising. I, Volkanovski got knocked out. I didn't think there was uh, a chance of him getting finished, especially what we I, saw uh, his last fight against Makashev. I, I watched it too, uh, GVP, and that was uh, there was a chance that all twelve favorites were going to win at the UFC in an event, but it didn't happen because Volkanovski got put to sleep, and man, was that a vicious right hand right yeah. to the button, boom, night night, and he was just out. Locally, Wranglers won two one. They also lost three two. They were out Abbotsford this weekend. Hitmen were shut out by Cristobal Huey's kid Ewan as the Hitmen lost to the Pats six nothing in Regina. Five goals in the second period for Regina. Calgary was shut out despite firing a 38 shots on net. It was a fourth stop on a five-game roadie. They also beat Moose Jaw 5-3, but lost to Brandon by an equal 5-3 score. The Roughnecks hosted the Halifax Thunderbirds in the East Coast Kitchen Party. Next put on a show for the Family Day weekend crowd. Jesse King, nine points, three goals, six apples. Josh Currier, a hat-trick in his 100th NLL game. Calgary won 17-11. They play their fifth home game Saturday against Philly. And the Calgary Stampeders signed former NFL receiver Auden Tate, formerly a seventh-round pick of the Bengals, dressed for 35 games over four seasons, played his college at Florida State, 6'5", another big target for that receiving group. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Matty. The Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, some trade speculation audio courtesy of frank and elliot we'll do that we'll talk to eric francis and brent cron it's all straight ahead it's the big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 the fan